0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, good morning again. Um, this, this word came, as a lot of them do, and the Lord began to teach me and Ath- um I don't know I don't know that I would say he was teaching me I think he was just revealing he was just revealing new things to me it's, it's it's something that I had never thought of before it's something that he was bringing my attention to that I would live each day recognizing this and so I want to bring this to you this morning I saw something this week I I uh, I love coffee um and I love I really love not having to make my own so coffee shops are the best, and if I find myself in Leveland, I'm going to a coffee shop, and I went in there on Monday morning to get some coffee, and I see a group of uh, older people, they're around this table, you can tell they'd been there for a while, and uh, just as I walk in, I just hear them say, okay, let's, let's start praying. And uh, it took me a little bit to grab the context, you know, I didn't know how long they'd been there, but... Um, you could tell that they were there to fellowship and then they were praying. It wasn't like they were praying over their food or anything like that. They were they were praying. They were going around the table and they were getting after it. This one guy prayed for maybe 15 minutes, sitting there just praying. Good, good stuff. And I started to think about how... And I'm sitting there in line I'm listening to him as I'm waiting to take my order. I'm thinking about how that's really not an uncommon thing. It's less frequent, but... And it's still people would come in, you'd see their kind of reaction immediately. Um, even people that, that doesn't mean they're Christians or not Christians, but they immediately see and they're kind of like, oh, they're praying. But we kind of move on. We just go on about our day. It's a fairly normal thing to experience here in this part of the world, right? To see, go into a restaurant, see somebody praying over their food, um, or, or to, to be somewhere and just be talking about God, and, and people walk by and they hear it. It's just kind of pretty normal for the most part. Now, it's becoming less and less, but it's, it's still, it's not anything that shocks anybody when they hear it, okay? And as I was sitting there and just listening to them and waiting on my order at this point, um, the Lord began to just show me something. There are many of us here that do these same things, that pray before we eat, uh, out in public at a restaurant or, or we'll, talk, we'll sit down, go somewhere to eat simply to talk about the Lord and what He's doing. And that is a major part we've been talking about. It. We talked about it last week. It's a major part of showing the next generation of who God is and who He is to me. What He's done for me. That's a major part of living it out, expressing it, talking about it. My kids could... I could be a pastor and my kids could... Uh, they grow up with me, but if I never spoke about the Lord at our home, they wouldn't know much about Him. And I'm a pastor. And they're not in here right now. It, it, it's all about what they hear in these places of, of speaking boldly and talking about it and praying when we go places and different things like that, but that's a major part of the next generation being affected. And it's no particular act but the simple act of living in a way that clearly and tangibly shows who holds your heart. And that is a question right there. Does He hold your heart? That's a sobering question. Because just like what we were talking about uh, just before in uh, Holy Spirit, burn away that which is not of you. That, that is speaking to things that are grabbing onto that heart. And Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Guarding your heart an important deal. It's a major part of this walk. And it's, it's a major testimony to who holds it to the world around you, of who you're following and who you're walking with. They can see very clearly in a moment what holds your heart. Because from it, there's fruit. Now it's fruit of God or it's fruit of something else. But they can see it very quickly and very tangibly. Who holds your heart? And that is a major part. And the world will see what and who holds it. But anyways, people see us, and that is a big part. They see us out. They see us actively walking with the Lord. They see us speaking of of things, uh, of godly matters and spiritual things. But the other piece that the Lord just blew my mind with in that coffee shop, was this question of do they see why? Now they can see the actions. They can see what you're doing. They see that you're praying. But do they see the why in it? Now what you might think is how could they? How could they see the why? Uh, Why am I praying? Uh, Why am I speaking of the Lord? Why does He hold my heart? So let's look. Uh, Real quick, just at some reasons why He holds our hearts. He should hold our hearts. And Psalm 34, verse 8, says, For I have tasted and see that the Lord is good, and blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Now, I was thinking about this the other day as I was preparing this, and I... uh, I don't know why I read it this way. I think it was just the Lord playing with me. But instead of tasted, I said and tested. I have tested and seen that the Lord is good. Because there's not been a time where I have not tested that reality. Most of my life I have tested. Okay, how good are you? What if I do this? Are you still good? And He always is. And now I always know that He's going to be good. But I, there are many of us that have tested that goodness, have we not? Many of us that have tested that goodness and He's never failed us. Never failed us. First Peter. I'm all over the place with this Scripture this morning. First Peter 2, 4. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. There's supposed to be more to that. I'm going to keep reading. Can you pull the rest of it up? No, they've got Bibles. They'll be okay. I'm sorry. I sent her the wrong thing to that. Verse 5, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for it stands in Scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious to whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. You want to talk about some reasons why I have tasted and I have seen that He is good. And one of the good things that He has done is He has made me something that I was not without Him. He has brought me into. The, he has redeemed me beyond what anyone else could have done for me. And He didn't just redeem me that I would be saved from what I deserve. He redeemed me and then He elevated me to a place of royalty. He didn't just open the gates that I could walk free from the prison. He clothed me with righteousness, and He set me on His throne with Him. That's a reason why. And because we have tasted and seen and experienced, there is no better life than the life lived with Him. And I would challenge you, I have lived a life without Him. And I've lived a life with Him. There is no better life than the life lived with Him. But the reality that you've got to recognize, it's not that a... It's not that, well, he's just, he's just really cool, he's a really nice guy. You were made for him. All things were created by him and for him. Guess who's included in the all things? You are included in the all things. And so when you live with and for that which you were created for, life's a little bit easier. That doesn't mean circumstances don't come and it's not difficult, but man, oh man, it's a lot easier to navigate difficulty with God than it is without him, right? Right? It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to operate in what you were made for instead of going against the grain and trying to discover it and create this life for yourself, always going uphill with everything crashing down on you because you were not made to do it on your own. You were not made to live outside the will of God, but in the will of God. For freedom, He set us free. Freedom is Christ. He, made, he has made us for Him to experience Him and live in Him. Amen? John 14. John 14. Verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be, and you know the way to where I am going." I've tried everything else. And in this process, as I'm thinking about this why, and I'm thinking about the reasons why He holds my heart, just come into this reality, okay, why do you hold my heart? That seems like a silly question, but really start thinking about it. It gets your feet set straight. And it puts you on solid ground when you think about the reasons why He holds your heart. And I'm telling you, I've tried everything to discover who I am, and I've only found that in His embrace. I'm telling you, my parents dropped me off on a Thursday afternoon at college, Thursday night. I was in my first club, having my first drink, puking in my first alley immediately. And it was whew, quick. But it's because I had lived a life with religion beforehand and that wasn't cutting it. So I was going to try everything else along the way until I reached my bottom. My rock bottom where I could go no lower, and I've told you this before, it was as if I was being suspended in endless darkness when the Lord got a hold of me. And the Spirit of God got a hold of me and changed my life. So I'm telling you, I've tried everything else. And I've only found myself in His embrace. And felt His embrace. And I've experienced the product of life with Him. And we get to live life with Him. He has prepared For us, this place that we can live in Him each and every day. That's a reason why I did not deserve entrance into this home, but He has brought me in. Regardless, it's the same with the Father and the prodigal son. He did not deserve to be welcomed back as a son, but the reality was, He was welcomed back as a son. Not even allowed to finish His sentence, not even allowed to finish His apology before He was closed. He was clothed in truth and righteousness, and a celebration broke out at His returning. That story, that prodigal son has been each and every one of us. And that celebration has been in heaven for each and every one of us that has come home. Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is what we get to experience in abundance with God each and every day. Have you thought about that? We think about the fruits of the Spirit as this external thing. People should see the fruits of the Spirit in us. You can't give away what you don't have. You should experience experience the fruits of the Spirit each and every day for yourself before anybody else encounters it. They can not encounter it if you're not encountering it, right? We get to encounter that each and every day though. That's the reality. Everything I just read. Love. And I'm not talking about love like a feeling. I'm talking about He who created the author and perfecter of love. That love. Joy. The currency of heaven. Peace that surpasses comprehension. Patience. In places that there is an impossibility for patience to exist. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. We get to encounter those and experience those and just enjoy life in those each and every day. And people shouldn't see, the, they shouldn't see us giving those. They should see us overflowing with those. And that's what they encounter is the overflow of that in my own life. Not me coming to, well, Jay's been late to worship practice, but he's going to encounter my patience, dadgummit. That's not it. But if I'm overflowing, in the, and he's never late. I mean, he's sometimes, but he's got like a 45-minute drive and three children, so it's okay. I'm late, and I used to live 30 seconds away, so... Um, But the overflow of what I experience each and every day is what those around me should experience. So if if I want them to experience the fruits of the Spirit, I need to enjoy them myself. And enjoy them to the point where they overflow out of me and that's what they encounter is the overflow. We're not meant to be pouring out ourselves on people. We're meant to be overflowing and they're meant to be encountering the overflow. Right? The second I start operating within the cup is the second I turn off the water. Because it's full. I don't need it anymore. But if I operate in the overflow, if I operate in the overflow of the Spirit, for me personally, everybody else will experience that overflow and I will never leave that fountain of life being poured into this cup each and every day. Amen? That's the reality. We get to experience the fruits of the Spirit each and every day. Revelation 22 verse 13 I am the alpha and the omega the first and the last the beginning and the end he is the creator so living life with him always produces and creates new and beautiful things this is a reality i've had to come come to grips with because when he said let there be light was it just for a day Or was it for every day until He said stop? When God creates, it doesn't stop creating. He continues to create. Scientists will tell you that the universe is continuing to expand. He is still creating because of that one thing He spoke. He spoke into creation and now creation has continued. And when we get to live life with Him and we partake in what He's doing, we operate in the will of God for our lives... Just walking in that will of God creates new and beautiful things. Each and every day is the natural byproduct of living life with God. Living, I mean, simple examples. How many of you found your spouse because of the goodness of God? Right? And He created new and beautiful things. I have two little beautiful things. They're crazy beautiful things, but they're beautiful things. Because I was in the will of God that's where I went, met my wife. Wouldn't have met her anywhere else. And if the Spirit didn't say, tell her to say yes when I asked her out, then, you know, that would never happen. I had to have some intervention from God. She'll tell you that. That's a true story. The Lord said, "You better say yes to this guy. Good looking out. Okay." But all of those things are new and beautiful things because I found myself in the will of God. And I know that you can create a list in your head of all the new and beautiful and amazing things that have been created because you have found yourself in the will of God. That's a beautiful thing. That's a reason why He holds our heart, a reason why He should hold our heart. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? How many of us knowing knowing God and having experienced this grace have chosen sin anyways in a moment? Every one of us. Every one of us has, has done what this verse just said, hey, don't do that. And every time we have, have you not experienced that grace waiting for you at the end of it? Every single time. Verse 2. By no means, how can he who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, who too might walk in newness of life. We too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with Him in death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. Sin has no dominion over your life anymore. And that is a reason He holds my heart. That which I had no say in, that which I had no power over, He gave me say and power immediately. Back to John 14. Verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper. To be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him or knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you. And will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Because we were, and this is the reality, we need to understand this, we were Gentiles. We were a people without a home. We we were considered as orphans. And He says, He makes this promise that He would not leave us As orphans, He gives us this ability, this key to access the family of God, the family of the kingdom of heaven that we could enter into it and be a part of it, members of it, and then in that, coming into it again, not just become members of it, but be co-heirs with Him. Ruling alongside Him. Being called sons and daughters and immediately brought into this place of royalty. He made a way for us to have a home in Him. And now a popular verse. Another reason why. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Romans 8. 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. When I was a kid, I'm the oldest of four siblings, which sucks sometimes. Because, I mean, you get blamed for everything and you're always in trouble and everything's always your fault because you're the oldest. And they only did it because you did it. Um, And you're also the guinea pig. This is what works, this is what doesn't. The life me and my sister lived was very different than the life uh, my younger sister and younger brother lived. Because they knew what worked and what didn't by my younger siblings' time. And I remember growing up, always wanting to have an older brother. I wanted an older brother so bad. One, so that I wouldn't get in trouble. He'd get in trouble. I could do things. He'd get in trouble for it. It'd be great. But as I got older, this reality, the Lord just spoke to me, this revelation and a reason why He holds my heart when I was young in my faith and He was just teaching me about Himself. He just spoke this simple truth because before I knew I had a big brother, He had given His life for mine. And really think about that. If we're co-heirs with Christ, sons and daughters of God the Father, He is our brother. And before any of us knew Him, He knew us. And He gave His life for us that we could have life. That's profound. and It just floored me that I've, I've had this big brother, but before I could ever know his name, He had given his life that I could have life. And that's a reason He holds my heart. He's placed us on the throne next to Him. And these are reasons why He holds our hearts. Some of them anyways, there's there's many and we could go on for a long time. But when those who don't know Him see me, and they see that I know Him, and it's not hard for people to see that because... For for me at least, one of the first questions they ask is, "What do you do?" I'm a pastor. Done. Okay. They they know who I now am supposed to be representing. What I'm supposed they begin to think of what I'm supposed to look like. But do they encounter the why in me? Do they encounter the why in you? Why you pray? Do they do they encounter why you pray? Why you live your life for him? Why you? Have lived such a long life and still would say that He is my Savior and He holds my heart each and every day. Um, because the why has not been a suitable answer for a long time in our culture. The why has been because it's a cultural norm for a long time. That that is not a suitable answer anymore, as we can see, because there are more people, more youth leaving the church than there have ever been. Because it's not a suitable answer. They're not encountering the reality of who God is and why He holds someone's heart. Because a lot of times, there's not anyone amongst the church that He actually holds their heart. But the why. The why is freedom. Freedom. The why is hope. The why is joy in places there should not be. And they will encounter the overflow of those things and they will understand why you pray. They will understand why you go to church. They will understand why you serve. They will understand why you're cleaning up the city. They will understand why you say He is yours and you belong to Him. They will understand the why when they encounter those things. Because that is the why. It is the overflow of the fruits of the Spirit is why I walk with Him. Because there is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So when you pray at a restaurant, they see what you're doing, but do they see why? Do they encounter why you're doing it? All of that it's not, it doesn't need an explanation. It doesn't need you to sit them down and talk to them about why. Because the why is the spirit that will be manifested from you. It will be the overflow that comes out of you. When He holds your heart, why He holds your heart will be expressed. It will overflow out of you very, very, very clearly. And when people encounter who they were made for, they cannot help but be changed by it. If everyone on this earth was made for God, and John 3.16 is true, that the Son came to die for everyone and everyone. All things were made for Him and by Him. So if all things were made for Him and by Him, when they encounter Him, they cannot help but be drawn to it. I'm I'm not talking about encounter knowledge of Him. I'm not talking about encounter a Scripture about Him. I'm talking about encountering Him. And they will understand why He holds your heart when they encounter Him in you. There's been a trend the last few Sundays, really, um, for several months. And it's all been about who they encounter when they encounter you. We boil that down to that one question. Who does the world around you encounter when they encounter you? Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.